For the ones finding new ways to ensure the job always gets done. For the ones wearing many hats. For the ones who are hands-on, even from far away. And the ones keeping business moving forward. We are Granger, Offering supplies and solutions for every industry. With 24-7 support and experienced staff at over 250 local branches. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Me, 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 but also you. <laughs> the Pharaoh fast forwards his favorite foreign film. Powder donut. <clears throat> okay, what's my line? Uh, the only line I see here on the script is get options based on your budget with the name your price tool from Progressive. Oh man, that's a tongue twister, huh? I'm sorry, I'm gonna need a few more minutes. <clears throat> bulbous Walrus, the Bulbous Walrus. The name your price tool, only from Progressive. The owl ran afoul of the comatose Coxwain. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome to the Fantasy Golf Degenerates Podcast. <laughs> Hello, friends, and welcome to a tradition unlike any other, the Fantasy Golf Degenerates podcast for the Masters, sponsored by Draft.com. I really hope Jim Nance doesn't listen to this because he will sue my ass off. Join Draft right now using promo code DGEN and get a free $3 ticket for a tourney of your choice after you, de- after you deposit a minimum of $10. If you crush your season-long football leagues with a snake draft, this is the site for you. It's the only one I know of that does snake drafts for golf, baseball, and football. As usual, I am here with my partner in crime, Tyler Tambellini. Tyler, how excited are you about this week? I'm pumped, Kenny. It's a short week. Our fight is over now. We can move on, and we are on to the Masters, my favorite major of the year. It is my favorite major of the year, too, which is sort of weird. Like, if you think about the Masters, uh, if you think about golf in general right now, uh, you know, they've been doing a really, they've been really trying to go away from that old stereotype image of golf as like a rich man's, old rich man's sport. Uh, You know, like there's so many more uh, things for juniors, the tee off program or whichever one is called that the PGA does to get more younger golfers to play the golf. The people that play on the tour week in and week out, probably the most diverse it's ever been. You know, you you get you have it's not just Tiger. You got Varner out there. Uh, I guess you can uh, call Cameron Champ, uh, you know, uh, a quarter black as well. So there's three black guys on tour, which is more than usual. And if you look, you get all these uh, South American guys, uh, you know, uh, the, the Central American guys from Mexico. You got a whole shit ton of Asian people to play. Like you're looking at like 10 to 15 percent of every field, um, you know, is very, very diverse now. But when you think about the Masters, you know, the first thing you think about is 
it's the old white boys club. I mean, it's still the way it is. I mean, they didn't let black people into the course until 1990. They were you were forced to have a black caddy at Augusta until 1986. They didn't have women play on at Augusta until be members until 2002. You know, I mean, like they have the um the amateur women's amateur going this week at Augusta National, and everyone's making a really big deal about it, but it's like something that probably should have been done a long time ago, you know? So it's sort of weird that the way the golf is going and going away from that stereotype that the Masters is still the best and most famous and what everyone wants to watch event there is. It's funny to me. I'm not saying it's a it's a horrible thing, you know? Masters is my favorite event too. Um, you know, actually, I went to the Masters a couple of years ago, and uh, it's a weird place. I mean, it's beautiful, okay? It's beautiful. But there's some weird things at Augusta. Like, first off, when you walk in to Augusta National, it doesn't feel like a golf course. It feels like a, a an amusement park. Like, the way you walk in through that little little uh, uh, concrete pathway uh, all the way up with, like, little signs that say what you can bring and what you can't bring, all this crazy stuff. And you walk into the course. And, like, when you get to the course, the first thing that I notice is, first off, how beautiful it is. I mean, the way they manicure and they, they keep the, the, the course so green and every blade of grass seems like it's, you know, exactly the way it should be. Um, but like a couple of weird things about Augusta, there's no animals. Like there's like 80 billion trees at Augusta National. I didn't see one squirrel. There's no birds. Like I don't understand how they get rid of the animal. There's no birds at Augusta. Like all the birds you hear chirping in the background, Billy Horschel actually outed the PGA Tour on that on his Twitter feed uh, a few weeks ago when he was watching PGA Tour live and heard all the birds chirping. He was like, those birds aren't really chirping out there. Uh, he sort of outed it. So, and, and like a lot of things about the course is also overrated. Like the food there fucking sucks, man. I mean, like when I went there, everyone talks about the food, like a pimento cheese sandwich and an egg salad sandwich. Yeah, it's three bucks. But I like, what if I want like a taco or a steak? Or something like that in the golf course. It just seems out of whack. And then the no phone rule, it's just so old school and different. But people still love it, and I still love it. Um, I think that's why, you know, the, the history of the game is still important. And that's why I think uh, the Masters is, is so important to most. What do you think about the Masters in general? I mean, you, I know you look forward to it every year, just like me. Yeah, I, th- I think that speaks to it heavily. I think the big thing is naturally, you know, the way we work with Christmas and holidays and different things is we, we love tradition, right? As humans, we love tradition. And when it comes down to it, all the other majors are played at different courses. That's a really so good point. Get, really good you, point. When you get Augusta National Golf Club, everybody knows where it's going to be. If you want to go there, you can plan for it. If you want to win the tickets, you get in the draw. There's so many traditions that go with it. The pimento cheese sandwich. They, they've really done it's a disgusting. good job. It's no good. It's no I, good. I can't imagine it. And, and it's funny you brought up the food. That I was going to say one thing from a you know Canadian outsider looking in, whatever you want to call it. Don't get to go down ever. You know I haven't got to go down yet. It's a, on the bucket list. But to to make it simple, it's not just down the street or something that I can just run out to. Like the waste management's a two hour flight direct. Go down, party it up. This is a little bit different. Costs a little bit more. But I think the the funniest part is a guy showed me. You know it was like a few months back at work. And he's like, did you ever look like what's around it? He's like, on TV, you'll see it. And it's you know, the beautiful, you know, uh, Magnolia Lane, Azalea Drive, Butler Cabin. They show you all the nicest things. And he's like, if you go on like Google Maps and look, like 
it's crazy what's there. It's like the Olive Garden, Arby's across the oh, street. Oh, yeah, no, no. Like yeah, the, yeah. the Double I, Eagle I, Club. Like, it's in the middle of, like, a, an area that you wouldn't suspect. They make it seem like it's this, you know, richest area in the world. Only the, the elite of elite can go. And I get that with the cost of tickets and whatnot. But when it, you look at where it is on the map, you're just like, holy shit. It's just, in, you know, this beautiful course thrown in the middle of just a standard community type thing. I mean, there's literally, when you, when you drive out of Augusta and leave Augusta, you make a left turn. 500 feet away is a Hooters. There's a Hooters. Yeah, and there's, there's a strip club in the Hooters strip mall there. So there's a strip club like 500 feet from from, from Augusta National. That's so 100% true. Another thing is the tickets. I mean, that shit is crazy. It's like $1,500 for a round. It's the most expensive ticket there is. And so that's another thing going back to the, the – uh, the thing about where it's so uh, – I, I can't think of the word right now because, you know, English is my second language. But I can't think of the word <laughs> right now. But, you know, it, it's just so so weird that, like, I, I can't even explain it. It's just it, – it, it's it's a strange setting. It's a strange event. But it's an unbelievable tournament. And like you said, it's a tradition, a tradition like and like unlike any other, just like Jim Nance said. And that's – I think that's why we love it. Um and, you know, and, and I had fun there. I mean, it was great going there. It's a bucket list type thing. But there are some weird things uh, about Augusta National uh, there is. And that's true. Like, if you leave Augusta, it's it's not a great neighborhood. <laughs> you know, it, it's not the best neighborhood. It's just that course, th- that piece of land uh, right there, which I, I always think is, is pretty funny. And all right. So anything else you want to add about the Masters? No, uh, looking forward to it. Uh, this is the earliest I've ever done research. Last year didn't have the you know obligation of the pods and Gup's Corner and all these things. So my research is beyond any uh, level of what I've ever done this early in advance for something. Even though I, you know, I like when we have the pricing that early because we can play around with it. Um, we'll talk some strategy on this pod. I think that's the difference. We don't have, you know, this week's tournament's only a day in. There is no listener league result yet, all that. So we got some time here. We're not going to take all of your time, but we plan on talking about a few things here that hopefully help you out, especially with things like, you know, million dollars on the line, you know, whatnot. Yep. All right. So since we don't have, you know, the listener league and, and all that good stuff, why don't we just go ahead and go straight into it? All right. So the first major of the year is finally upon us as the top golfers in the world a few amateurs, and a whole bunch of old head former winners who have an unlimited pass to the course ascend to Augusta National Golf Club to play the Masters. I know you're hearing the piano music in your background right now. You know, Jim Nance is our friend. Azaleas are in full bloom. And the members of Augusta think it's a good idea to have limited TV coverage. Now, you all know the deal. It's awesome other than that TV part, though. It looks like it's been improving year in, year out, especially with the uh, the Masters app, where you can get a little bit more uh, viewing out of it than previous years. Uh, many memorable events, uh, moments have happened here over the years from Jack Nicholas's last major win, Greg Norman choking away a few victories, Freddie Couples keeping his ball drive on 12, which I still have no idea how that happened. Uh, Tiger's miraculous chip in on 16, which basically made Nike $80 billion. Uh, Sergio and Rose's duel a couple of years ago, Jordan Spieth's first major win and his sub- subsequent collapse the year after there's going to be plenty of excitement for both golf fans and DFS players. Now I'm going to actually go ahead and start with a little bit of GPP strategy for this field. Now you think about this field, it's only about 87 golfers. um, And I'd say about 15 are unrosterable. 
uh, like old heads and stuff like that. So, you know, the field is really incredibly loaded up top with so many golfers in good form and having a great chance to win. After doing your personal research for GPPs, I would fade every golfer over $8,000 on DK that you don't think can win or the three or four golfers you think have the worst personal odds of winning, especially in GPPs with 150 max lineups. Uh, Now, in other non-major events, you might think about rostering these specific golfers because you think they can top five or top ten. But with how deep the top of the field is at Augusta, I would probably mark them off. Like, my four golfers that fit this description are Patrick Reed, Bryson DeChambeau, Tony Finau, and Jason Day. Uh, Reed's game is off. The only golfers to win back-to-back Masters is Nicholas Woods and Faldo. He's not even close to that league. Uh, Fina's been playing average, a little bit better than average, but his finishes lately have come on the heels of great putting performances and average tee to green, uh, tee to green play. Like he didn't play that great during round one of Valero, but if he goes ham on the weekend, he's probably back in play for me because honestly, his game should be suited for Augusta. Bryson's swing. Bryson looks to be struggling to find his swing. So he's a fade for me. He currently ranks 54th out of 78 golfers with recordable stats in strokes gained tee to green the last 12 rounds in this field. Uh, Day has missed a weekend in three of his last four events, is dealing with injury issues, and has only one top 10 here in the last five years. Now, also for large entry GPPs, staying under the cap will help you from having duplicate lineups, though I don't think it's an absolute necessity to do for every lineup. Now, also, I will be paying more attention than usual to ownership projections. Uh, There's so many good golfers here that rostering possible low-owned guys, especially over $7,500 on DK, seems like a good play. Uh, The reasoning behind this is that DFS at the Masters is so incredibly different when it comes to low-ownership plays compared to normal weeks. The class of golfers that could be low-owned at Augusta is so much superior than a normal tourney. Paying attention to projection ownership is huge this week, especially for Millie Maker and other 150 max lineup GPPs. Now, if you need to get that ownership information, I would suggest going to fansharesports.com. Use promo code DGEN10. The DGEN is all in caps. You'll get 10% off a subscription to their, to their site. And what, what Fanshare Sports does is they correlate all the information that they find on pods, on Twitter, on write-ups, and they combine them and put them in one place where you can find all that information. See who's everyone is talking about. See what the trends are uh, for, for different golfers. And you can see that and you can have an idea of who's being talked up and who's not. And then, of course, by Wednesday, they release their ownership projections, which are usually spot on. And then they also have a lineup generator, which is pretty money. So I would definitely suggest, you know, signing up for FanshareSports.com, especially for this week, because ownership is going to be huge because of the class of the golfers in this field. Use promo code DGEN10. Make sure you get that 10% off. Tambo, do you have any different strategy insights for GPPs this week? A couple, a couple things, yeah. So the field's smaller right out of the gate. So one note, um, it's not going to matter. I'm just OCD, but uh, DK's got Marco Mira in the field. There's actually right now only 86 guys, not 87. Um, they've got 85 because they don't have Harding or Lowry in, which will get added in this week, I'm guessing. Uh, they were the last two to get in based on the OWGR rankings after the match play. Uh, Hence why some of the guys we talked about on the pod earlier this week aren't quite in there or didn't have a chance unless they win this week, like Furyk. 
Um, but they have Marco Mir. He tied him up last year, so he's he's retired from the Masters. He's a former winner, obviously, but he's not actually going to be playing. So not that it mattered to anyone, just to let you know. But with a smaller field, you're going to have to take some more stands, especially in something you know like you talked about, Kenny, with 150 max. So let's use the Millie Maker, and I'll refer back to that quite a bit here. But you, you know, you can wipe quite a few of the guys at the bottom right off the board, right? All your Kenyayas, O'Connells, Elizabeths, Mize, Lyle, Rabula, Woosnam, all these guys, they're not, they're not going to compete. Maybe one of them makes the cut somehow and gets lucky on the number, but it's very unlikely. So you already know your pool is hopping down, but so is everybody else's. So you definitely have to take some stands. I, you know, I'm really happy with my T3POs this week and the way I'm going to explain them. Uh, is quite in-depth where I'm telling you, you know, not necessarily going to be off both these guys, but who I'm going to go overweight and underweight and what I suspect is going to happen and how I'm going to build. But the biggest thing is just, you know, trust your gut here. Uh, course history does have a lot more to do at Augusta than other places. Back to that tradition, playing the same course every year. Read a cool article about, you know, some of the guys talking about what they learn each year. They learn so much more about certain things. Like you can put the ball short to set yourself up better to get that uphill putt you want. You want to putt always to the outside because it's always going to go a little bit different than you think. There's just a lot of little tips and tricks around here, and that's why you don't see a lot of debutants get the win. So for me, I'm going to talk about as we go throughout, Kenny. Uh, I will note back on the Fanshare Sports thing just too, they also have a promo this week where uh, if you sign up, you get entered in just with our code only. So the odds are good because that's the only 10 people sign up. You get entered in a draw for one of their uh, custom-made Fanshare Sports head covers. And we're going to make a tweet uh, overnight or tomorrow. We'll tweet it out so you guys can see that and what it looks like and whatnot. But it's pretty cool. And then, of course, the 10% off is nice as well. All right. So let's move on to cash game strategy for the week. So when it comes to cash games, double ups and 50-50s, I'll be a bit more aggressive in my roster construction, but still balanced. You know, and full disclosure, I use one roster for all my cash games each week, uh, one lineup. Uh, so that's like 40 to 45% of my bankroll. Now, specifically, I would have as many golfers over 7,900 on DraftKings as possible in my cash lineup. Uh, the reasoning behind this is that the field consists of around, it's going to be around 87 golfers. And like like Tambo was saying, um, you know, the, the cut is top 50 and ties. So there's close to 15 golfers at the very bottom of the DK price range that are basically unrosterable. That leaves only about 15 to 20 golfers that could be rostered, possibly missing the cut. Now, because of this, the amount of cash lineups with six of six through could be very high. Uh, it's possible that some cash game lineups getting six of six through won't win. Uh, unlike many most weeks in, in cash games where I target six golfers whose most important job is to make the cut with high upside only on maybe two or three of the golfers, I want as much upside as possible while still rostering six golfers who I think will make the cut. Now, by rostering at least four golfers over 7,900 on DK, you will have more upside than normal for cash lineups. And with so many solid cheaper plays, you can still feel comfortable that all six golfers will make the cut. Uh, now, since I'll be using this exact strategy, you won't see any 10K guys and up in my cash lineup. And my first run in a cash lineup has five golfers over $7,600 and one 6K punt play. Any uh, any talks about uh, cash game strategy there, Tambo? No, man. You're the expert there. So, uh, I, you know, I'm going to I'm gonna take some tidbits away, though. I will say this because I'm going to play that 3765 front nine on DK this week. And it's, you know, 300 people. So certainly a different strategy, even though it is multi-entry. It's certainly a different strategy where I'm going to, you know, put almost 4000 bucks on the line if I don't win a seat in 
uh, this week in queues. So I'm going to be looking at playing my best plays. And, you know, I might make a one-off here, a one-off there. But I think you made a really good point about, you know, the six out of six because the, the way the cut line works here. And then also the fact that, uh, you know, some of them won't really have the upside. People will just fit all these base plays thinking like a normal week where it's like, oh, as long as I get six of six. No, that's not the case here. You probably still need these guys pushing for the top five. So you'll want to have guys with the upside to actually take down this tournament. That is definitely true. Well, not just to take down a tournament, just to cash, you know, in double ups, you know, just to get the, in the no, top. No, yeah. I'm saying you'll want, you'll want guys in your lineup to be able to win the Masters yes, at yes. the actual tournament to be able yes. to have a chance for your for your cash line to have a yes. chance. Six out of six of a bunch of guys that come in 40th won't cut it this week. I don't think because you don't see a lot of this stuff where these heavily chalk on plays miss the cut here. They just don't perform well. You know, like a Ricky Fowler could come 30th this week. He's almost 10K. That's going to hurt your lineup. Yeah, that definitely will. All right, so let's get to the course. I mean, everyone knows the course, but we'll go over it anyways. Uh, Augusta National Golf Club is a 7,435-yard par 72 with four par threes and four par fives. The par fives are where the majority of the scoring comes from as they are the four easiest holes on the course. And the six par fours over 450 yards are where golfers need to try to just hold on and just try to make par. Uh, off the tee, golfers see tree-lined fairways with above-average width, uh, wide fairways, bunkers and landing areas, and light, light rough. Barely any. Like I remember going to Augusta, and I was just amazed. Like The rough there at Augusta is basically the fairways at the local municipal course that you play with your buddies on the weekend. So basically, it's almost no rough. Now, off the tee, golfers will see tree-lined fairways with above-average width. Oh, I just went over that. Sorry. The fairways are heavily undulated and usually lush. So even though they'll have some roll, it won't be like at the U.S. Open event where dry conditions can make the ball run out like 50 yards or more. Uh, that's why you see bombers, you know, pretty much dominating this this course year in and year out unless the weather plays a huge factor. Now, there's rain in the forecast early in the week and on Sunday, so the fairways could play softer, which would lengthen the course. Um, now, now it's really early, so we'll have to see about that. Uh, if golfers miss the fairway and hit it into the trees, they will have to deal with approach shots from soft pine straw, which is... Me, 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 but also you. <laughs> the Pharaoh fast-forwards his favorite foreign film, Powder Donut. <clears throat> Okay, what's my line? Uh, the only line I see here on the script is get options based on your budget with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. Oh man, that's a tongue twister, huh? I'm sorry, I'm gonna need a few more minutes. <clears throat> bulbous Walrus, the Bulbous Walrus. The Name Your Price tool, only from Progressive. The owl ran afoul of the comatose Coxswain. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. <sighs> the only thing better than grinding all night for your side hustle? Is your roommate picking you up with Mickey D's breakfast? The perfect pickup deal. There's a deal for every morning at McDonald's. Right now, taste breakfast perfection when you get a warm and savory sausage McMuffin with egg for just $2.50. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with combo meal. Always tricky. Water will be in play on a few holes on the back nine. Uh, on approach shots, golfers will see greens that are average in size, but that's sort of misleading. Um, average to above average in size, but that's misleading. First off, most of the greens slope heavily from back to front, which makes hitting approaches under the hole important. There are also so many slopes and contours on the greens that they will be playing much smaller. Golfers will have to have small aiming points on approach shots to actually get the ball close. Also, because of how firm the greens usually are, it makes the correct landing spot that much smaller. 
Uh, most greens are elevated and are shaped like an upside down bowl along the edges and have little to no rough surrounding them. So many balls will be left in collection areas around the greens, which are always tough to get it up and down from because of the firmness and quickness of the greens. Now, unless the course gets hit by a deluge of rain, they sh the greens should remain fast and firm, even with wet conditions. Uh, Augusta National has some of the best sub-air drying machinery under the greens, and it looks like they might be put to test because of the forecast has rain Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. Uh, so, you know, all three days before uh, the event starts, there's greens. They're going to be put to the test. Um, now, the greens use bent grass and will be fast with a stip meter rating of minimum 13.5. It could be even more than that, 14.5. It's crazy fast. Uh, bunkers and collection areas surround almost every green with water surrounding a few of those greens as well. Uh, Tambo, what are you looking for this week in golfers? A few things. Um, strokes gained approach, definitely. Uh, I mean, you, there's not a lot of rough, like you said, around it, so they can sort of just bomb it out there and then go from there. There's different shot patterns and shot types, right to left, what not to look at. But big thing for me was the um, proximity in the approaches itself. So not just strokes gained approach, but – uh, you know, something like 65% of the shots come between 150 and 225. So really staying focused in that area. I think the average was around 180. And so if you're looking at, you know, Fantasy National or something, you can go to 175 to 200. And I'm looking, again, long term. Uh, you know, I, I talked about this the last few weeks, but it's uh, in certain spots I'm wanting, you know, the most recent. And I do want guys with good form coming in. But I'm using the rolling stats this week, you know, and, and some people always do. I get it. I'm just I am really focused on the long term compared to the short term. Who does this all the time and then compare it to experience and course history and mix them all together to try and get a blend that way. Uh, the other one is bogey avoidance. Obviously, here you got to get up and down. You, you got to be able to stay under prior. There, there's just it's too tough. a course, if you let it get away from you, you're in big trouble. If it happens early, uh, it's tough to bounce back. So there's not a lot of holes you can just get it back on unless you're, you know, Jordan Spieth three or four years ago when he just goes off uh, out of the gate. But, but that doesn't happen too often here in the history. Yeah, I, I agree with all that. I think another important thing is Stokes game tee to green uh, always going to be important. Like if you look at Augusta uh, in the last 15 years, 43 of 49 golfers with recordable stats that finished inside the top three have finished inside the top 65 in strokes gained tee to green for the specific year they finished top three. Uh, 37 of those 49 golfers um, finished inside the top 50. Uh, and so I did uh, sort of tease a stat uh, last night on Twitter. Uh, there's one common thing that the last seven winners have had. Um, and, you know, and, and I'm sure there's more than one common thing, but this one really stuck out to me. So the last seven winners, Patrick Reed, Sergio Garcia, Danny Willett, Jordan Spieth, Bubba, Adam Scott, and Bubba again, each of them gained minimum 13.4 strokes tee to green in the two prior events leading up to their win at Augusta. Now, this year, if you look at the, uh, and it's not including a Valero, so Fowler and Finau have a chance to get in there, but they, they're pretty far down. There's only four golfers that have 13, that have gained 13.4 strokes or more in their tee to green in the last two events before they play the Masters. It's going to be Rory, who had 13.3 strokes gained at the players, 8.9 strokes gained at the API for 22.2 strokes gained total on tee to green. Tommy Fleetwood, 9.2 strokes gained tee to green at the players, 11.9 strokes gained tee to green at a Bay Hill. 
21.1 strokes gained tee to green total. Hideki Matsuyama, 7.2 uh, strokes gained tee to green at the players, 11.6 strokes gained tee to green at Bay Hill for an 18.8 total strokes gained tee to green in those two events. And last, Dustin Johnson, 5.3 strokes gained tee to green at the Vals Bar, 11 strokes gained tee to green at the players for 16.3 strokes gained tee to green. Now, John Rahm is really close. He's gained 13. But these are the only four golfers in the field that have gained more than 13.4 strokes in their two previous events. So if the trend continues, and of course, it's just a trend. It's a narrative. It can change. But if this trend continues, the winner is going to be Rory Fleetwood, Decky, or DJ. Uh, so that's that, that's that's the stat that I was looking for, and, and it was pretty eye-opening uh, about that, that all seven of the previous winners uh, have had that much success in tee to green uh, in the events leading up to their win at the Masters. Any thoughts on that there, Tambo? No, you, that was the one of the trends I was looking at. So I'm glad you brought that up. I, I waited a little smaller just because it's you know it's a it's a less sample size than some of the other tidbits I'll have along the way. But trends and tidbits here are something that I like, and and there's a few of them out there that relate to uh, different factors. But you know you you've mentioned some. You already had the one with Reed, right? The, the repeat champion. You know, it, or even defend it. Only Tiger and Jordan have finished in the top five when defending since something like 2002 or, or even before that. So maybe ever actually, sorry with that tidbit. So it's like, you know, I don't expect anyone well, to Jack went back to back, I think once. And I think, um, um, yeah. Sal so it was, it was within back, yeah. a certain period of time. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah I was yeah. looking back at it. And to me, that's just, you know, not like I was going to be on read heavy anyway, but I just wanted to bring that up because I thought that was interesting when, you know, people bring up how much magic he had here last year. I don't think he's got that in the bag again. So, no, I don't. You saw Sergio win in 2017 and then missed the cut the next year as well. So I actually missed every cut in every major last year. Uh, Sergio yeah. did. So, so there we go. All right. So let's actually get on with our picks for the week. Let's start in this 10K range uh, and up. So we have John Rahm, Justin Thomas, Tiger Woods, Justin Rose, Dustin Johnson, and Roy McIlroy. What are you going to do in this range there, Tambo? This is where, you know, you're going to have to take some stands. So uh, actually my first T3PO of the week is right there. It's at the very top. Uh, we know what's going to happen with Rory. He's going to be one of the most popular overall plays, I think. Uh, it's also going to be, uh, you know, there's always balanced lineups in majors. I shouldn't say that because, you know, the pricing's so soft and you can get certain guys that we'll get to as we get down there. But you can also use those softer plays to be able to fit Rory in, right? And just build your lineup that way up. So uh, like we'll use a guy like Kevin Kisner later on at 6,700. I'm sure he'll be popular coming off the win and match play. Him and Rory allow you to still put together a pretty nice looking lineup on paper. So I think Rory is going to be extremely popular. It's not someone I'm going to fade because of how hot he is, but I, I will say this. Um, I'm going to play a heavy dose of DJ here. And I don't know that everybody is. So I'm going to be overweight DJ quite a bit. I'm going to be underweight on Rory and just build my lineups with Rory as the best Rory lineup so that I still have some of them in my 150 max. Um, but the big thing for DJ is just his results here are still pretty good. Everyone's going to look at Rory and say how how close he's been. Well, that's the whole point. You know, fifth, seventh, tenth, well, the fourth and fifth are pretty good, but the seventh, tenth, and eighth are all really solid. And the, you know, the course history is there. Like we'll see with the Jordan later on but he's still 11.6 K. And for me, DJ is phenomenal all around. If he puts it on any time, we'll, we'll never know what happened 
uh, you know, the year of falling down the stairs, but his history is pretty solid too. Sixth, fourth, did not play in 10th. And he still had chances in these years to go out and get it done. He just didn't quite finish it off. But I think it's a really good leverage spot in something like the Millie Maker. I know Rose and Woods is going to be popular as well. I tend to like Rose there a little bit more. Uh, you know, his recent form as well as history here, you know, 13 of the 13 made cuts, 11 top 25s, five top 10s. Tiger's the GOAT. I understand that. But at the end of the day, he's going to be extremely popular as well. Uh, you know, so I'll have a little bit of Tiger just to have the sweat. But honestly, I don't mind being way underweight on Tiger either here. You know, I, I really do like Rose quite a bit. And then the other guy I like is Rom. If we're comparing in these mini 2v2s, I like Rom over Thomas. Uh, you know, Rom is another guy, fourth year last year. You know, I believe you picked him on our, our season preview pod to be able to take this thing down. Uh, a little bit of a, a hiccup there with his recent form, but. Not much. I mean, still a 12th and a 6th before the 24th most recent. So uh, to me, uh, you know, Rom is capable. I, I like Rom quite a bit. The next range gets interesting. But what are you doing up top here, Kenny? Uh, I'm 80% of my lineup is going to have Rory or DJ in it. Probably minimum. 80%. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to be heavier on DJ. I think DJ, I'm going to have 45% to 50%. Uh, Rory, 30 to 35%. Uh, DJ just makes sense here. Um uh, and especially if Rory, the thing about Rory, what everyone's going to be talking about, can he deal with the pressure? You know, he's going to be the biggest story, maybe other than Tiger. Him and Tiger are going to be the two biggest stories of the week. Rory trying to get that grand slam. The one thing I did like about Rory when he was talking about this last year when he fell a little bit short was, you know, I got plenty of time. Uh, I'm still young. Uh, I'll have plenty of opportunities to go out there. And, I, you know, it could be a, a, a staged comment, but I like that train of thought uh, by Rory. He's not putting too much pressure on himself. Everyone else is putting a shit ton of pressure on him. But from that comment from last year, it makes me feel like he's not putting as much pressure on himself as everybody else is. And I sort of like that. You can't go against his form. He's playing out of his mind. Um, I, so I, I like Rory, but I like DJ better. I'm with you on that. Uh, his length off the tee, coming off the win in Mexico, a little hiccup uh, at the match play, but still, that's match play. It's a totally different thing. He's, you know, approach game is strong, makes a shit ton of birdies. Everything, you know, long off the tee, everything you want, uh, you get with uh, Dustin Johnson, and he's going to be my highest. And I think I'm fading the other three guys, uh, Rose, Woods, and Thomas. I just can't fit them in uh, if I'm playing 80% Rory and DJ. Uh, I will have a little bit of Rom uh, because I feel like at 10,000, I can fit him. Now, the reason, like, Justin Thomas hasn't been playing very well recently. Like, if you look, he's 56 in strokes gained approach in this field in the last 12 rounds. There's only like 77 guys with recordable stats. He's 56 in strokes gained approach in his last 12 rounds. That worries the hell out of me. I'm not going to play JT. Rose has not been playing as well as he has been. Um, you know, T to green wise, he was, you know, he was a monster last year with the good putting. He's barely, he's inside the top 25 in that stat now, which is great, uh, really overall. But if you go in this field with this type of class up top, it's not that great. Uh, and Tiger, I just don't think he's, he's there yet. I think at some point in time, a major contending for a major is going to happen uh, this year, but I don't think it's going to be this week. So I'm going to go Rory and DJ DJ first Rory second. And I got to play Rom 
Um, I'm again a little bit worried, especially after that little uh, hiccup. I think it was at the Vals bar where he had that argument with the with the caddy. Um, that was just a dumbass play, and I, hopefully he learned from that uh, because you know when you're in the lead and stuff like that, you just you can't do shit like that at majors. You know what I'm saying? So uh, hopefully he learned from that mistake and won't repeat it because the game, Rom, it's it, it's it's it it should fit the course. And of course, I had him as my early Masters pick, so I can't like just not go uh, with him. So that is another reason for that. But it's going to be heavy on Rory. It's going to be heavy on DJ. I'm going to start with those two guys up top. Both of those guys are one of the four golfers that have gained more than 13.4 strokes tee to green in the last two events. So those are the two guys that I'm going with. All right, let's move to this $9,000 range. Uh, A little bit smaller than normal. We got Paul Casey, Jason Day, Tommy Fleetwood, Bryson DeChambeau, Brooks Kepka, and Ricky Fowler. I'll go ahead and start. Uh, My first cash game cornerstone pick is going to be Ricky Fowler. And this is not necessarily a stat-based pick. This is more a gut. Uh, If you look at Ricky Fowler in his last 50 rounds, he's ranked in my model. He's barely top 20. And in the last 12 rounds, he's barely top 30. Uh, But I just have a feeling about Ricky that, you know, he's in a place in his life very similar to where Sergio Garcia was when he uh, won his his one major, the Masters, a couple of years ago. You know, everybody was talking about why can't Sergio win? Why can't he do this? Well, he found a lovely lady. He got his family life in order. Um, he was happy in life. You know, finding that that woman that you're going to love for the rest of your life. I know it's a narrative, but it's a pretty important thing, not just in golf, but in life in general. You know, like when you're happy with your relationship and your home life and all that stuff, it, it sort of expands into your work life and makes work easier. Um, and this is just my opinion. This is definitely total narrative, uh, total gut play. No strategy, no, 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 no stats really involved here. But I just have a feeling that, that that's the place Ricky is in mentally. And, and, and that's going to help him in the majors. In this week, you know he came in runner-up last year. He has that win under his belt this year, finally. Got that monkey off of his back. The next one to get is a major win. I'm going to go with Ricky Fowler. First cash game cornerstone pick, and it's more based on my gut than anything else. My second cash game cornerstone pick is also going to be in this range. It's going to be Tommy Fleetwood at $9,200. Once again, another one of those four golfers that are in uh, that that have 13.4 strokes or more gained in their last two events leading up to this week. You know he's been close recently, and I think every time he's being close, hopefully he's learning something new. You know, that's the thing. You know, the, the winners that haven't winners, they need that experience, uh, you know, of what to do when they're near the lead. And it hasn't gone Fleetwood's way, but at some point in time, it's going to happen. Um, the guy is just so strong, tee to green, hits a ton of greens. He is pretty freaking long, you know, uh, top 15 in uh, driving distance in the last 50 rounds in this field. Good around the greens as well, which is definitely going to be an important part, especially if the wind picks up. There are reports that you could see 15 to 25 mile per hour winds on certain days, uh, either Friday or Saturday during the week. So, you know, that, that changes the course tremendously and it's going to make a lot more greens missed and, you know, being good in your short game will help Fleetwood. 
So those two are going to be my two cash game cornerstone picks in the 9K range. And the final guy I like uh, is going to be Paul Casey at $9,000. I mean, the form is there. The history is there. He got another win at Valspar once again. Um, so or, so uh, I like the way his game is trending. He's also been dominating par fives he's second in this field in strokes gained par fives in the last 50 rounds so those are basically my three plays in this range bryson's a fade for me jason day is a fade for me kepka is going to be ownership based um uh go ahead and i know you want to talk about that so why don't you go ahead into this 9k range there uh tampa yeah uh, we're very same we're very similar i should say sorry on the um the fades. Uh, I'm not as big on Bryson. I do have a, a bit of a hedge there. I'll get into when we get into the betting segment that I'm quite happy about. But I think it's in his head still. I talked about this last couple times out. Uh, you know, Mexico with the altitude, all, all these different times where it's just things are getting in his head. And I think this course is going to be too too big of an animal for him to win right now. Uh, he could perform well. The challenge for me was I was hoping to see him at like 8,500. 8,200, somewhere in that range. And obviously he's just too good, had too good of a season to end the year last year. Uh, so And he can pop at any time. So for GPP, good play, get a sprinkle of him. But I'm off him and Day. The injury worries me a little bit. So not so much on him. And even his best performance is typically, you know, he's a, he's a top 20 guy here. You know, goes out and has a good first, second day. If that back gets up on him, I'm not sure. Then, you know, he could fall back. So I'm not as excited about him. I really like Casey. Uh, at the bottom, think there's no question there. I like Fleetwood. Uh, he's not my favorite in here. My my favorite play in the entire range is Brooks Kepka. Talked about him at the uh, the season preview pod where you, where you had Rom, I had Kepka. Still like him. Uh, you know, I should preface this, and Kenny and I didn't mention it at the beginning of going through the picks, but obviously we're getting this out early for you guys. Anything that changes, we'll put it on Twitter or, you know, go from there depending on, on where you can find us. But uh, the big thing is right now it's all going to come down to uh, ownership, and I actually feel like there's just so many people on Fowler already. Uh, he's, you know, doing what I, I was thinking about fading him, or, or I guess I shouldn't say fading him. I think about going underweight on him because you got Rom and Kepka surrounding him, which I'm excited to get overweight on those guys. And now I'm getting exactly what I wanted because, you know, hopefully it holds up. Fowler's off to a, a rock solid start at the Valero this week. So if he has a big week this week, that's just going to pile on, right? Uh, you know, not as many people were on him this week. He was too expensive. He's not going to try before a major, all this. I even said it myself. I wasn't on him. You know, I got him in a couple hedge spots. But at the end of the day, I'm not very heavy on Ricky. So if he wins this week, I'm in trouble. But the way I can make it back is the play that I was on before he even started doing well this week. And we're recording this on Thursday, like I said. So for me, heavy on Kepka, underweight on Fowler. I love the narrative for him. You know, like you said, the the engagement now, he's ready to go. We know we want to play him in majors because that's what he's really trying for, but so is Kepka. You know, same as DJ up top. I, I forgot to mention one point on DJ. You know, Kepka piled up the trophies last year and they're boys. And I know that pisses DJ off. And then DJ went and got his 20th win, which was a huge milestone. So now guess what? It's time to add more majors. So I like DJ and I really like Kepka to keep going after it. And I think he's got the upside. One little, you know, course history or tidbit thing there with him is interesting. He didn't play, obviously, last year, the, the wrist injury there. But before that, it went, you know, in the other, he was 33rd. Then the year after that, he got 21st. Then the year previous to last, he got 11th. So he's moving up 10 spots a year, puts him up to first. So I don't know. I, I think I'm even going to start some lineups with Kepka. 
and I'm also going to start some lineups uh, with Rom. So I, I like the guys around Fowler too much, but Kepka is my favorite play uh, with Casey in that range. All right. So when it comes to Fowler, you're right. I mean, if, if he goes ham this weekend, he, he shot 400 today uh, in the first round at the Valero, uh, his ownership is going to be crazy. And, and that's the one thing, you know, I'm using him in cash no matter what. Uh, but if his ownership's crazy and Kepka doesn't get the push that I don't think he'll get, uh, I think that is a great leverage play for Ricky Fowler. Uh, and that's ownership-based. And once again, go to fansharesports.com, use promo code D. Fracture prints your digital photos directly onto glass, making your favorite moments come alive in vivid color. Hand-assembled in the USA, Fracture glass prints are a unique and beautiful way to display and share your favorite moments. Simply upload your photo at FractureMe.com, select your size, and your glass print will be shipped to you. Ready to hang with just one screw. Use code POD15 to get 15% off your order today. That's code POD15 at FractureMe.com. Welcome to Sweet Tea USA, where we know our sweet tea, and we like it sweet. Sweet in the morning to get you through the day, sweet in the evening to put a smile on your face. And McDonald's knows sweet tea, too. That's why you can get any size sweet tea for just a dollar. Plus, with insulated large cups, your drink stays cold longer. Here in Sweet Tea USA, everything is a little sweeter. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Prices and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer or combo meal as compared to prior large cup. Gen 10, um, you know, all caps. Get that 10% discount because that's going to be super important this week to try and figure out who's going to be a highly owned and who's not, especially in this top tier. Uh, So, uh, you know, I I think Kepka's a guy that I'm iffy about. But if I see low ownership on him, I might jump on. All right, let's move to this 8K range. Tampa, why don't you go ahead and get us started? Uh, We're going to go from Patrick Reed all the way up to Jordan Spieth. Who you got? Yeah, I'll start at the top. So, um, you know, I guess I I didn't tie it in there with the 9K range. And this is another T3PO that I'm going to explain here. Spieth is going to be owned here. Um, He's also off to a hot start here. That's going to contribute to it if he keeps it going. But no matter what, guys like Ricky and and Spieth just get ownership, uh, especially with Spieth's history, third, 11th, second, first, second. Uh, It looks like he's got this course figured out. People always want to go back to him. He's only 8,900. To me, Casey was the slam dunk over him. So my second T3BL was Casey overweight heavily. Spieth underweight to the field. That's my plan. That's what I'm going to stick to. Um, Bubba Watson, a little bit of interest, but not much. He's so in and out, but obviously this is a course that suits him. So I got to have a taste, but I'd rather play Watson over Spieth still myself, uh, regardless of what Spieth does this week. Um, But all my favorites fall after that. So Matsuyama is my favorite play by far on the range. Everything lines up for him. It's just the price. He's only 8700 You know, you think about that. He, he can easily do what Tiger can do here. Uh, you know, not going to compare the two of them as golfers by any means or, or results here. I'm just saying it's, it's such a price gap. So for me, it's it's not only just a price play. I think he's good. He's 19th, 11th, 7th, and 5th here in the last four years. He's got good recent form coming in. He lines up on all my stack categories, and his price is just too cheap. So I love Matsuyama. Molinari has turned the corner. You know, he did well in the in the semifinals there in match play, but he was playing so well. It, it was a match play event, so it really doesn't matter, the stroke play results. But, you know, he was on fire from a stroke play perspective as well. He's got the game figured out right now. Uh, he had a great last season. 
He doesn't have anything crazy here. You know, he's played it enough times. He's got a 20th last year, 33rd the year before. But I don't think you can compare those numbers um, to, to what it really looks like, you know, for his grand scheme of things in the last year and a half, or, or sorry, in the last six months versus the last year, back to the Masters last year. So he's really turned it on the third uh, there. He's got the win a couple weeks before that. So, you know, I'm good with Molinari here. I like him. Xander. Another guy that turns it on, a good GPP play. I don't know how popular Scott's going to be, but I do like Scott. They, you know, no one wants to talk too heavy about him because the guy's carrying around three putters in the bag. But to me, Scott's a play here. Uh, got the history, much better year this year. He's turned it around a little bit, but he's a good GPP play because he's so up and down and not enough that people are going to pile on. The only other guy really in this range that I'm in love with, or, or I shouldn't say it that way, but I like a lot more than the other guys around him is Tony Finau. Uh, like you said, he suits the course well. I know he's not setting up as well for you maybe, but I think he's fine You know, at, uh, at 8,200. Um, should make the cut, has the upside to do well. I mean, the, the ankle thing, it's not that he played on one ankle and got it done, and that's why, but um, stats-wise sets up. He's been up and down. He's setting up the, uh, the opposite way for me. You know, I'm, I think he was going to be popular. He's been mentioned a little bit in some of the preview pods. Um, Joe Petta's book about the Masters. I uh, just did an interview on the Gups Corner Pod that I thought was incredible, and, and he talked about Finau um, in relation to the field. And again, at just eighty two hundred, I think that's a good play. And now he comes out of the Valero where he's the the chalkiest guy and has a rough first day. I hope it continues and it goes down and just decreases ownership because I love to get back on at the Masters for a guy that I think has top five upside at eighty two hundred. Uh, beyond that, not not too heavy on these other guys here, Kenny. Not on Reed at all like Mickelson and Usti for a sprinkle, but can never really trust them fully. Uh, what are you going on? What are you doing in this range? Uh, I do like your Molinari take. The one thing about Molinari that uh, is different compared to previous years is he's gained about 10 to 15 yards on his driver. Um, and that's a big deal for this course. Uh, and so I do like the way his game is set up. Uh, he's a little bit longer off the tee now. Uh, good approach game like usual. Solid tee the green. Um so I do like Molinari, but my favorite play and my third cash game cornerstone pick in this range is going to be Hideki Matsuyama at $8,700. The iron game so strong. He's gained, like I said earlier, 18.8 uh, strokes tee to green uh, in the last two events leading up to this event. He, he's been playing more solid. Uh, he's been a little bit off for the last year and a half. And that's tends to, that seems to happen to a lot of guys who, um, you know, have a child or, 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 and actually, you know, and stuff like that. He just had a kid uh, about a year and a half ago. And that's when his game sort of went down, but it looks like it's coming back up. Uh, T to green solid, a bunch of opportunities gained, hitting a shit ton of greens. Um, I do love Hideki. He's going to be my third cash game cornerstone pick. I'm playing Bubba. The, the form, uh, his, his, his course form here at the Masters is solid, too. I think uh, 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 multiple wins here at Augusta. Um, he's, he's been playing pretty decent this year. He's definitely long enough um, off the tee to, to compete, and we've seen that. And again, you know, there is that narrative at the Masters at Augusta where golfers that hit a right-handed golfers that hit a draw or left-handed golfers that hit a uh, – Hit a fade, uh, have a bit of an advantage, and he hits that. He hits that crazy fade. He can go either way. Bubba can off the tee, so I think that's good for him. I do like Bubba. I'll be playing a little bit of Adam Scott. Um, again, another course form guy, good approach guy, plenty of birdie opportunities. So I do like him as well. Uh, I like Louis Usti. 
uh, Oosthausen. Uh, you know, the, the, he's he's had the runner-up major Grand Slam. He's finished second in every single major uh, in his career. He's coming in in pretty decent form with a good showing at the match play and a decent showing uh, previously uh, in the weeks before. Uh, he's actually gained, uh, let me take a peek, 11.4 strokes tee to green in his last two events. So second at the Valspar, good showing, top five, you know, made it to the Elite Eight in the match play. So I do like Usti, and he's always under-owned, like always under-owned. People just don't like rostering him. Uh, it could be due to the fact that he withdraws so often, but people just don't like rostering him. So um, I'll be using him as well. Uh, Spieth, I'm not sure. Uh, I think I probably have to play him a little bit. But I do like Casey and Bubba uh, and Decky and Molinari way more than him at that range. All right, let's move on to this 7K range. Uh, we got a bunch of golfers in this range. Tambo, why don't you just go ahead and get us started? Yeah, let's do uh, let's do from like 7,400 up for first, and I'll kick it back, and then we'll go okay. back. We got a little more time this week, so and I want to concentrate on this range because I think it's going to be popular. So. Um, you know, one of the most popular plays, you know, hashtag co-host fight team Kucher. So I'm sticking with, this is the theme of this range. So back to the, the Kucher versus Sergio. So I'm all over Kucher here. I love the year that he's been having. He's another guy. So this is just the prices came out a little bit early. You know, he's had a good successful year going so far, just got second in the match play. You know, I I think he's fine at 7,900. His stats all line up. History here is 11 out of 12 cuts made with seven top 25s and four top 10s. You could put him in a cash game. You could put him in a in a big buy-in, small field. I, I really don't care. I'll differentiate elsewhere. He's too cheap uh, for his upside. You know, when you talked about cash plays earlier, he's got a floor that, you know, he can definitely make the cut. He makes the cut all the time. He's got the upside. You know, he's having he's like a, a Molinari in a way where he's turned the corner or a Casey who's now, you know, won twice at the same tournament in the last two, you know, year 365 day span type deal. So Kucher is my favorite play in this range. I'll have a sprinkle of Leishman uh, just because, you know, people will forget about the start of the season that Leishman had, and he still turned it around a little bit recently. So uh, he's, he's got upside, I think at 7,800, he's a fair price to be a good GPP pivot. But the one guy, so my third and final T3PO, and then I'll recap them is going to be same theme. I'm going against Garcia no surprise. And it's not because I don't like Garcia. It's nothing to do with that. I'm actually really infatuated with the Patrick Cantlay play here at the same price. I think naturally Garcia is going to get the ownership. Um, 7,700 is cheap. He just did well at the at the match play. He was having a good little bit before, you know, a few tournaments before. He was 22nd, 9th, and 6th. He's got the history here. I know he missed the cut last year, but he won the year before. He's always done pretty well here. So uh, I think more people are going to be on Garcia and I feel like he's got a lot going on. It's been, a, you know, an interesting year for him. We're not going to rehash anything. I just say, like, there, he's got a lot going on. You know, the bunker, the greens, the th- different situations. There's a reason they got to have these fake PR conversations because he just these guys have so much going on this season. And I like Cantlay's upside here. Um, 7,700, he, he's got that killer mentality. He's going to get after it. Uh, I, I like him at the $7,700 price tag. And then going down from that, there's only a few other guys. The other one I really like is Stenson. Uh, turned it around a little bit recently. Um, and he's got a decent, you know, overall, his history is going to be taken as like not great at the at the Masters. But if you really look at it in the last five outings, he's got a fifth last year. Before that, a miscut. But then he's got a 24, a 19th, and a 14th. 
at 7,600, I might be able to finish my lineup with him, right? Or just slightly below. If he's your fifth or sixth guy in your lineup, that to me is fine. Um, so I like Stenson. I'll always have a little share of Poulter. Uh, I'll have a little sprinkle of Webb Simpson. And then the other guy I'm, I'm debating right now, maybe you, when I kick it over to you, you can start there, Kenny. But what are you, what are you doing with Gary Woodland? Uh, I really like yeah. him. I liked him from the start of the season. You guys and I, have I, and I have talked about it. I've got a bet on him. But what are you thinking for him here? I know the price tag's cheap. I'm just not sure what to think. Well, the price tag's cheap because his form, well, because he's he hasn't played well here in the past. But it's a different Gary Woodland that we see this year than we have last, you know, in the last couple of years where he missed the cut. I mean, last year he won before uh, I think he won in Phoenix or something. But he went through that really bad slump uh, after that, which correlated coincided with the Masters. So I think you could just throw last year's result for Gary Woodland out the window. I like Gary. I think he's going to be low owned. Uh, I think he can make for that low owned GBP play, single digit owned maybe in this range, uh, you know, because he has, he has the length, uh, he, you know, he has the tee to green chops. I mean, if you look at it, he's seventh in strokes gained tee to green leading up to the field. And I think Brandel Chambly had a tweet, um, you know, like six of the last seven winners uh, leading up to the event. This is where I actually, I got that info for the strokes gained tee to green in the last two events, because I sort of delved deeper. Once I saw that Brandel Chambly tweet, he said that the last, Six of the last seven winners were inside the top seven in strokes gained tee to green leading up to the Masters. And right now, uh, Woodland is seventh in strokes gained tee to green. Uh, His form is not that great, but I think the upside is there. He makes a ton of birdies, crushes par fives, hits a good amount of greens, especially for his length. You know he's long off the tee. Um, So I'm a fan of Woodland as a low-owned GPP flyer. I'm not going to go crazy on him, um, but maybe double the field at like 15%, I think would be uh, not that bad. But other than that, we're pretty much on point. Like, I love Kuchar. I think uh, out of my – I have my four cash game cornerstones uh, this week, but Kuchar's on the list of the other – to fill out my other two roster spots uh, in cash because, like I said, the floor is high, ceiling is high for Kuchar. And he does hit that cut off the tee, which puts him at a little bit of a disadvantage. But he hits so many fairways. Uh, and, you know, his iron game has been really strong. And he hits a ton, a ton of greens. So Kuchar's up there for me. The thing about Leishman that I do like uh, this week, if you look at him on really, really fast greens, like super quick lightning fast greens, he's third in this field in strokes game putting uh, on crazy fast greens. So, you know, that that could be helpful for him. Um, Again, I don't know how popular he'll be, especially with Kuchar, Cantlay, Stenson around them, but I I, I think he could be another low-owned possible guy. Um, I do love Cantley. I love that play. Uh, the missed cut last year hopefully keeps his ownership down a little bit. He's 10th this year in strokes gained tee to green. Um, you know, really good off the tee, long enough off the tee. Uh, the crazy thing about Cantley is his sweet I, – I saw recently that this, his sweet – his speed – his swing speed uh, is not even close to the guys up top in the driving distance category, but he's still way up there in driving distance. And that's because he hits it fucking pure off the tee every single time. And that can go a very long way at Augusta. So I do like Patrick Cantlay and I love Stenson as well. If you look at Henrik Stenson, uh, last two events he's played, 12.1 strokes gained tee to green, almost up there in that 13.4 number that I was talking about earlier on the pod. So 
Uh, I do like Stenson as well um, in that range, and I like him a bunch. And another guy that I'm thinking about maybe even playing in cash because, you know, he's only missed like one cut here, maybe two. The guy, and he has that upside, again, to be up top. I think he finished fifth last year. Uh, so, you know, he has that opportunity, and I do like Hendrick Stenson a lot. All right, so let's go to this lower 7K range. The one guy I like a lot here, it's going to be Brant Snedeker. Uh, now, his length off the tee is it could be a little bit of an issue, but he's, you know, top 10 in strokes gained tee to green in the last 10, in the last uh, two events, in the last eight rounds. So, <clears throat> If he has that same tee to green prowess, we know for a fact that this guy is one of the better putters out there, you know? So if he continues to keep playing uh, well tee to green, you know, he's also ninth in strokes gained putting in this field in lightning fast greens. So you get that combo of solid tee to green play with the great putting. I think Snedeker can make for a sneaky play that many won't think about because he's not the longest off the tee. Once again, he's also extremely strong around the greens, chipping uh, and putting. Those are like two of his major strengths. And, and because of that, you know, if the wind picks up at all, you know, we've seen him in crazy wind do well before. Uh, if the wind picks up at all, his around the green game and putting, it could be a huge factor to a high finish. Um, other than that, I'm not the biggest fan of these guys in this lower 7K range. I might play a bit of Matt Wallace because he's been playing well. Uh, Thorburn Olison is a little bit uh, is a little bit of, is a guy that I'll be looking at again. Another low, possible very low owned GPP play in this range. And the one thing that I saw about uh, uh, Olison is he's another guy who does extremely well on fast, fast greens. Uh, you know, it, it's a very, very small sample size, so take it for what it's worth. But he's eighth in the field in strokes gained putting uh, in very, very quick, lightning fast greens. So, uh, you know, and he has a top six, top seven here uh, in the past. I think it was his first time that he played here. So he has some decent form here at Augusta. And so that, you know, that's one guy I might be keeping an eye on. And I think I'll play Charles Howe III as the uh, home course narrative a little bit. It's the first time he's come here, um, you know, in about six, seven years. Last time he was here, he finished top 20. This is where, you know, he's from. You know, he's going to be pumped to be able to play it for the first time. He's going to be excited. And he's been having a pretty good season. So those are the guys that I'll be eyeing uh, in this lower 7K range. What about you, Tambo? Yeah, I really hate this range from, you know, 74 to 72. Like all those guys, Cam Smith, Fitzpatrick, Eddie Pepperell, you know, Schwartzel, Hatton, Lee, Snedeker, Grace, Wallace. Not really in on too many of those guys. Uh, that's where, you know, this is a brief overview, but that that's the range that I just sort of skipped because I like the guys below a lot better. So, you know, the Hal thing you mentioned, I like him, you know, to fill your lineup out as your your sixth guy type deal because, like you said, having a really good season, I, I don't see him contending or anything, but, you know, a top 20, it's he's the top 20 king. So you got to have a little bit of him in there. So I don't mind him at all. Um, but my two favorites are going to be above him. So I, I like Bradley at the same price. Uh, you want to talk about the tee to green guy that, you know, the stats you brought up, he's got enough stats to go off of. He's always solid tee to green. His approach is really good. Over the last hundred rounds, he ranks second in the field. 
um, for a stroke scan approach. So you know he's up there, whether he's second or 50th, because there's minuscule, uh, you know, values between these. At the end of the day, he's still way at the top. Solid in greens and regulation, solid in that proximity range we talked about and over 200. He's had a pretty good season too. I know it's turned a corner a little bit lately, but if you look at just the end of last year leaning into this, you know, the interview I talked about a couple weeks ago where he brought up that, you know, his he's just hitting fairways and hitting greens. That's all his focus is and whatever he gets from there. So you're always going to have to count on a putter. That's the unfortunate part with him. But like I said, Very if he's the sixth guy in. Very unfortunate part. About it. <laughs> it, it is, but 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 he can, he, he can come top 10 at courses where he still has to make putts. And there's times he does make eagles and birdies and all these things that you need. And I'm just saying, if you get the right Keegan Bradley for 7,000, that could be a bit of a game changer in something like the Millie Maker. The other guy is right above him is a similar type for me, but a much better putter, and that's Billy Horschel. Uh, you know, these guys don't have great histories here. Uh, you know, Billy Horschel's got a 17th before, you know, Bradley's got a 22nd and these are, you know, both three and four years ago, but Horschel again, same sort of thing, avoids bogeys, hits greens, good driver of the ball, can putt, uh, you know, decent on par fives. It's, it's little things like that where I'm looking to make a difference. And if you compare to me, you know, the, the Lees, the Hattons, the Schwartzes, these guys that maybe could, I like going with the guys that are, I've seen better form of lately. And that's guys like Horschel and Bradley. So they're the two that I like at the bottom of this range. All right. Why don't you just get, head on into the 6K range there, Tambo? Yeah, it's going to be short and sweet because this area is the same way as above. So, uh, you know, it's all how you build your lineups. If, if you're going to have leverage up top on Dustin Johnson, you know, I'll use a quick example. I'll take it away from the 6K range for one second, but we said we talk some strategy. If you know there's going to be a lot of McElroy Woods lineups that are then going to use guys down in this range and below, and and then you know the same guys are going to be popular down here, and we'll use Kevin Kisner because that, that's the first one. Everybody's going to go to Kevin Kisner as the easy plug and play because he's only 6,700. I do get from one perspective that, you know, the pricing was out before the match play. Therefore, you know, they can't control that. The guy, you know, he don't he'd had a bunch of top 20s before that. So he still would have been a good value play. It just picked up his ownership a little bit more. Um, there'll be some pivots here, and I'll go through those in a second. But you can easily, if you can fit Rory and Woods, you can fit DJ and Kepka or DJ and Rom. You know what I mean? So you can mix your lineup up that way. We talked about some of those leverage plays up top there. Use those, and then you don't got to worry about this because at the bottom, there is only um Two guys that I like that stand out. One of them's Kisner. Like I said, the pricing was put out before the match play. I get it. He'll be chalk. I understand. I'm saying you have to differentiate elsewhere. Bottom line. So if he's a, you know, it's like uh, another example I wanted to bring up was week one of NFL. A guy with the name Chalk literally won the Millie Maker, and it was the chalkiest lineup anyone's ever seen win a Millie Maker, especially. But people forget the pricing was out for like a month. So, of course, good plays are good plays in the end because everyone had a month to dissect them. It's the same thing here. We've got 10 days in advance to figure out this pricing and have different things happen that are going to make better value plays possible to hit. So you will have to differentiate elsewhere. I'm going with Kisner still. I like him. His stats line up. He just got the win. I get it's a different format altogether, but before that, he was a top 20 machine. Uh, his results here have been, you know, three for three made cuts, 28th, 43, and 37th. He's $6,700. He's definitely the last guy into my lineup. So at the end of the day, you know, in for my big lineups anyway, might get a little crazy in the Millie Maker. He's still a great play, so I'm going to play him. The other guy I like down here is actually Emiliano Grillo. 
And he's two for two made cuts, didn't play last year, but 51st. The year before that, he had a 17th. Again, hit or miss guy, got to make putts. I, I understand, but he also is really good when it comes to things like bogey avoidance. Uh, again, we talk about that. He can. He's a good driver of the ball. He's good on par fives. He's good from long range. Decent on approach. Uh, top twenty in the last hundred rounds. Uh, he, he's really got the making of a guy that you can see pop at some time. It's probably not the Masters, but I'm not saying he's winning. He's sixty six hundred dollars. If you want to get a little bit of a pivot off Kisner, there. The other guys are the course history buff himself, Charlie Hoffman. Um, five for five made cuts, always seems to be on the winning Millie Maker. Where's Russell Henley this year when you need him? There's still time if he gets the win this week, but it seems like the last two years it's been Hoffman, Henley, and Spieth on the winning GPP Millie Maker lineup, I think. So um, got to love some Hoffman. Two other guys, and then I'll move, three other guys, and I'll move on. One quick is Keith Mitchell, GPP only, first-timer, don't like any of that, but the guy is just a stone-cold killer, and he can putt. So I, I don't mind him. Uh, he can bomb it out there, do his thing. If he's feeling that confidence, I could see a great GPP play out of him. Zach Johnson, one more, 6,900 exact. Uh, don't know if he can, you know, do it. He's never, he's not really been good here at all, but, but he's just a guy that I see that I could see as a good name that not a lot of people will click down here. You know, there's Norrin, Willett, Olsen, all these ones you talked about that have some upside, but I think Zach Johnson has more upside than those guys to actually show up. We saw it a few years ago at the Open. Totally different tournament, totally different thing. Just talking about how he can just pop up out of nowhere. And then the last one is based on a little bit of a gut feel, a little bit of a narrative base. Not sure what he's going to do this week, but I, I read or, or heard it on a podcast, something about an interview that Keimer had. It was an article I read. It's his last year to play the Masters on his exemption. And he's been really looking to find it. He wants to come out and have a great Masters here. I get it. We all. I want to win the Millie Maker too. It doesn't mean it's going to happen. I'm just saying for 6,800, another guy that I could see squeezing in with some GPP, uh, you know, upside or low ownership. That if you can get him in there and he ends up popping at the right time, this is a guy that we could see do it. So I'll, I'll go with Martin Keimer as just a sneaky little GPP play to wind it out. All right. So my final cash game cornerstone pick is definitely going to be Kevin Kisner, but it comes with a little bit of an asterisk. Um, you know, I think that you know the floor. He's going to make the cut. Uh, and that's what you want. You're going to have, if you do what I'm doing with all my golfers above $7,500, uh, most being above $7,900 in my cash game, you're going to have to throw a 6K guy in there. And I think he's the safest guy. Uh, I think he makes the cut. And then you can have your other five guys be the guys that with all the winning upside. Now, you know, the way Kisner plays, he has that draw off the tee, which is great, but he's really short off the tee. And this is not like the U.S. Open where, you know, the ball trundles uh, down the fairway for a mile after you hit it because of how dry it is. It's a little bit more, not that much uh, rollout here at the Masters compared to other major events. And so, uh, but I do, the way he's playing, you can't really go against him. I think he's very, very safe. Uh, and I think he's good for that last cash game play in cash games. But I wouldn't hate it if people decide to fade him in GPPs. Um, you know, you got to think about like if he's like 25% owned or something like that, which is very possible without that many great big time names in this 6K range and everyone playing, you know, Rory and DJ up top. It's very possible that he's one of the higher owned golfers in the whole field. Um, and so with that, I don't think he has like, you know, I think top 20 upside is, is what he has top 20. 
upside is what he has. I, I don't know. I don't see him with a top 10. I don't see him with a top five. I don't see him winning. Um, so that sort of puts a wrench in GPP plans, especially in this field. So I'm going to use him in cash and I'm going to use him the bare minimum in GPPs, which is my, I, every guy I roster in GPPs, I roster 10% a minimum. So that, that's what I'm going to do with Mitchell. And I'm, I'm not with Mitchell with Kisner. So I'm probably going to be well under owned. So my cash game cornerstones for the masters drum roll, please. It's going to be Ricky Fowler at $9,700. Tommy Fleetwood at $9,300 or $9,200. Um, Hideki Matsuyama at $8,700. And of course, Kevin Kisner at $6,700. That leaves you close to $15,000 under the cap. I think $14,900 or, or something like that. $14,700 or something like that under the cap. So still plenty of room uh, to maneuver. Uh, so that's the way I'm going to go with cash this week. But I think a great pivot play off um, Kevin Kisner is going to be Keith Mitchell. Uh, if you look at Keith Mitchell, uh, he, first off, he has nothing to lose. The guy won his event. He's been playing out of his mind. He's going out there freewheeling, you know, uh, out, you know, nothing to lose. He's 23rd in strokes gained T to green this season. He's gained 17.6 strokes T to green in his last 12 rounds. Uh, 50, almost, almost 80 strokes T to green in his last 100 rounds. So this guy is T to green has been playing exceptionally well. And that putter has been hot. Now, this is not on Bermuda. Uh, we all know now by now that Keith Mitchell is the Bermuda specialist. But I think, you know, with this T to green game and his penchant for having great putting weeks, um, you know, I think he can make some noise. Top 10 up in this bitch, you know, as a first time um you know, player at the Masters. I really like him uh, in this range. I do like Keimer as well. Two major wins. You know, the guy knows what to do. I lo- I didn't know about that narrative. This is his last one that makes him like that makes me like him even more. Um, I like your Grillo pick. Uh, I think I'm going to go maybe just a little bit of Jimmy Walker. I know his form's been horrible, uh, but just like Spieth, he's another guy who comes into the Masters and just throws down top twenties. Not like Spieth. Spieth throws down top fives, but 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 Walker comes in and throws down top twenties uh, year in and year out. Form be damned uh, at the Masters. So that's another guy cheap, sixty six hundred dollars that you can go ahead and play beer guard. At 6,400, I'm sort of glad that he's not playing very well at Valero. I mean, me and Tambo both faded him. We talked about it on the pod for the Valero. Um, But his length and the way he plays the game, I think, is going to be very, very suited for uh, Augusta here for his future. Now, can he go out this first time and ball out? I mean, I don't know. But I think that he's going to be a name that we have to listen to uh, for the next few years because he's long off the tee. Uh, he's decent with his irons. And so, you know, that's one guy that I, I'll be playing a little bit. And if you want to play the old dudes, which I would be against, but if you're going to play the old dudes, couples and longer are probably the only two that you would want to take a peek at um, in this low, low 6K range. Once you go like 6,000 to 6,500, those are almost the untouchables uh, this week. If you have to go down that low, beer guard. Um, and if you want to throw, I mean, Freddie is just Freddie. This is his place. If you hear early in the, if you hear during the week, because I'm sure there'll be an interview with him, that his back is feeling good. Well, then I'd play him. If you, if you're, if you're mass multi-entering 150 lineups, and Bernard Longer, Bernard Longer, the guy just wins every event on the Champions Tour. He can come here and do well. I wouldn't doubt that as well. All right. So anybody we miss? 
No, one note on uh, Bernard, though. I, I did like him. Um, I know it's crazy to say because he's so old, but little nugget, I was reading um, like last week because the match play was so long. Like I was watching it every day for like five days and I didn't have a lot of work at the time. So I was in and out of stores and then coming home for the day and the Rapiskin Champions Tour event or whatever it was, was on. And, and he was performing in that i think he ended up doing okay in the end it was something like fifth place or something and the funny thing for that was i, I was like oh what the hell does this course have to do with augusta if anything and i looked it up and it was actually uh related to augusta in some ways like the undulations the greens the length for these guys everything and it was sort of a an article i read that said it could be the most comparable course to the course they just played on was augusta and again small nuggets stupid but whatever he's 6500 bucks you want to throw him in some lineups. I know I've got him in a couple already, just handmaids that I made up just to, he fit the spot at the end or whatever. I had to drop down from Grillo and so, or Kisner or whatever. And I put him in it. I think it's worth the risk. He's, he's an old guy, but he certainly can still perform. It's like if Steve Stricker was in this field, I'd still play him some. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, there's something to be said, even if it's a champion's tour for a guy winning like 8 billion times. You know, in the last couple of years, there's something to be said uh, about that, Uh, even if it's on the Champions Tour. I mean, Bernard knows how to win. He's I'm pretty sure he's won a Masters before in the past. That's probably why the only reason he's playing, um, obviously, because he's that old. and He doesn't play on the tour. But, uh, yeah, I I mean, I think I I think putting him in a lineup is not the worst idea. Uh, If Couples says he's healthy and the back is fine, I don't think that's the worst idea either. These guys just know how to play this course. Uh, yeah, long, long as a long as a two-time winner with twenty-five of thirty-five cuts made here. Twenty-five of thirty-five, yeah. I mean, and like guys played it so many times. He's sixty years old, so he's almost sixty years old, right? He's like fifty-eight or something like that. So hey, he was thirty-eighth last year. Two yeah. years ago, he was twenty-fourth. Yeah. Five years ago, he was eighth. Yeah, and those are all in his fifties. Uh, the guy just knows how to play this game. And and again, if you look at couples too, couples has that same type of. Uh, same type of thing going with 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 his course history. Thirty eighth last year, eighteenth the year before. Then he had five straight top twenties from like two thousand eleven to two thousand fifteen or something crazy like that. So the guy obviously knows how to play the course. Yeah, and he's he's thirty for thirty three made cuts. Yeah, and I should say again, shout out to Brian Haxton. We're using the form guide there from Fanshare Sports as well. So I think this is incredible. It has all these little nuggets on it that I love to go through. And to me, it's just cool to see it all in one place, just to know that right away. Freddie Couples, 30 out of 33 made cuts with 20 top 25s, 11 top 10s, <laughs> That's crazy, dude. and a win. That's so crazy. And uh, his win was crazy. Like, he shouldn't have yeah. won. Uh, I don't know. I still don't know how that ball didn't go in the water on 12. One of the more amazing, most memorable moments in Masters history because Couples was my dude uh, back then when I first started watching golf. Uh, and and for him to win that, I mean, that was just an amazing, amazing uh, weekend for him. All right. Yeah, and he was he was just seventeenth in that tournament where Longer came fifth on that course. So those are the two old guys to play, Longer yeah. and Couples. Yeah, those are if you're going to play the old heads, those are the two dudes. All right. So Tambo, why don't you lead us up into the betting segment? Yeah. So betting segment sponsored by BetQL. Uh, betql.co go down there go there download the app um, get it for the itunes store you can get it in the google play for android really just looking at a couple things one of them is value bets so they're setting you up and showing you what the value bets of the week are so you can find those and make those um you know on your betting account uh, which whatever you use for that 
public uh, public movement. So where the bets are going, what who's on what line, how the money's moving on that line. If you want to follow along for that, uh, and yeah, we got got some good bets here for the Masters, Kenny. So what? Uh, how about you start us off? I got a pretty big card. How big is yours? It's not huge. Uh, I have a couple of pre bets, but like the ones leading up that I just bet now, I'm going to go Dustin Johnson at eleven to one. Um, definitely just going to start with that. I think he wins this week. Uh, you know, the way he's playing, uh, and you know, and, and the course and how his form has been on this course in the past. I think it's his time. Uh, it's either going to be him or Rory in my book that wins and Rory at seven to one or DJ at 11 to one. I'm going to go ahead and take DJ on that at 11 to one. I'm taking Fleetwood at 25 to one. The guy's been close. Uh, you know, can he get his first PGA tour win at a major? Maybe. Maybe, uh, you know, the way he's playing a couple of top fives or top sixes, the last few events been near the lead. Uh, it's almost time for him. I'm going to go to Hideki Matsuyama at 33 to one. Again, we, I talked about him a bunch already. Both of us love uh, Deki this week. And I got uh, Cantlay at 80 to one. Um, there, you know, another guy that we talked about that I think can do well on this course at a big number. Uh, and then uh, Keith Mitchell, Killer Keith at 200 to one. Uh, I'll, I'll be throwing a top 10 or top five bet on uh, Keith Mitchell. I'll be throwing a top 10 bet on beer guard and I'll be throwing a, a top, uh, top five bet on Cantley as well. Okay. I got a huge card, but it's, it's not huge. It's just, I want to explain it because there's a good story behind it. And then we'll wrap this thing up, but a lot of good numbers. Um, you know, got to say props to three guys, uh, Aiden seven X on Twitter, Joshua Perry and then Gup, of course. These guys all post these numbers all year long. And I'm just, you know, I'm following golf heavy all the time. So I'm seeing them as well. But when I see the nugget and then I got to run and grab it right quick, listen to some of these numbers I got, Kenny, from from some of these guys posting these early. Kepka, 40 to 1 is what I got for Kepka. Speeth from Empire Maker on Twitter, 50 to 1 on Speeth. And he's having a good week to start out and he's down to 18 or something. Um, DeChambeau, 80 to 1, and I got him with an each way. Cantley, I got it with you, 80 to 1, added it with the each way. I got Xander Schauffele, 100 to 1 with the each way. I got Woodland, 125 with the each way. That might not be that good right now. It might be other numbers. I'm not sure what he's at. Um, Webb Simpson, 150 to 1 with the each way. And then Siwoo Kim, who I wouldn't have given a shit about till he goes off today as first round leader. 200 to one with the each way. So that that's seven guys, eight with the speed bet I made on Twitter. I don't, I mean, that's heavy for me, definitely. But some of these guys are amazing golfers and, and their odds are super low now. And I've got them at these big numbers. So I'm thinking the only thing I'm going to do, I'm going to decide probably by the end of the week between DJ, Rose and Rom. And I'm going to place a big bet on one of those three so that I have the sort of favorite of the week. Because surprisingly, I don't really love these guys as much. I love their numbers, but we didn't talk a lot about any of them besides really Cantlay for me. And then obviously Brooks, who I love. But DJ Rose Rom with the with the big odds like that, I can afford because uh, I didn't have to put much money down on these guys to get huge returns. So I might hedge a little bit by getting one of the big guys. But I'm also not sure, too what you think will happen in the first round. Like what if DJ comes out flat and Tiger goes off, then, you know, Tiger's got the market move quite a bit. You should get some better odds on guys like DJ or Rom or those ones. So I, I might just wait and see, but overall uh, I'm excited about those numbers, as you can tell. Yeah. I do have a Leishman 50 to one from earlier this year, but it's the same number now. And I have a Woodland 80 to one from earlier in the year. 
uh, and it's the same number now as well. So those are a couple other guys that I have. Um, all right, so how about a one and done? Go ahead there, Tambo. Yeah, I saved him. I saved him for here, man. The the hedge to my first T3PO, and I've got Rory McIlroy for my one and done. I do have him available, and that's why, because I saved him. I saved Rory as well. Uh, I've played DJ. I saved Rory. I'm playing Rory as my one and done this week as well. Let's just, let's just say I was thankful. I know you're killing it over there. I, uh, I've been not, struggling uh, since segment one ended. I've been really shitty since segment, but I made, I made, I made my money back times eight. So I'm not really stressing yeah. it. You know what I'm saying? You're good. You're in good shape going in. There's lots of time left for sure. Anything can come back, but I'll tell you what I struggled when I went and looked and I love the, the golfers that have been used. You can look. And I was like, Oh damn, DJ's gone. Rom's gone. JT's gone. Tiger's gone. Like I'm dead. So I'm going to be taking long shots all year. So instead, unless I pull a rabbit out of the hat, uh, Rory winning here, he'll be chalk anyway, I'm sure. So uh, is what it is. I'm going to take him. I think he's the best guy for it overall fit-wise. But obviously in tournaments, that's why I'm taking a little bit different stance as we talked about earlier. All right. Sounds good, man. Uh, do we do we get everything covered? I think we did. A little longer pod than most. I get it. But the Masters is a big deal. So certainly deservedly so. So. We'll go with it for this week. All right, Tambo, tell them where they can find you. Yeah, man, gupscorner.com. It's your last chance to sign up, guys, so you want to hop over there. Literally, you can lock in $6.99 a month. You can lock in $69 a year or $129 for two years. You'll be locked in forever. Also entered in a draw to go to Blue Jack National, which is one of Tiger's courses there with Gup, Bucks, and Moose. Uh, Slack chat's bumping. Got lots of content coming out. Uh, and all my changes and any more ads to my T3POs will be on my article, Tambo's Tea Time. And then on Twitter, at Totag and Tambo. If you don't follow me, certainly now's the time to do so if I make any changes from this pod in the next few days. All right. Sounds good. You can find me on uh, PowerHourPod.com. I'm going to wait to release my picks for that article uh, until later uh, in the week, maybe Monday or Tuesday, so I have a better feel of everything so if you want to join up for like a week and see who if i change anything you can always just sign up for that um you can also find me on twitter at kendo vt i'll be posting if any major changes if my cash game cornerstones change or anything like that it'll be on my twitter feed as well um also again make sure to sign up for uh draft.com using promo code dgen you get that uh free three dollar ticket on a ten dollar minimum buy and ten dollar minimum deposit they got these best ball things going for uh uh for the mat for the for all the majors you got to get that in before of course the masters start they have huge prizes for um the Masters tournament as well. They can do baseball. They got football. Uh, it's a great, you know, if you like that snake draft, they even do auction drafts. They do, uh, you know, uh, also they, they do like uh, where you can fill in six lineups with no price, you know, with no salary cap drafts as well. So they do a lot of different things that you normally don't see on your normal, uh, you know, daily fantasy sports site. So it's definitely really cool to go in there and, and play that. Also make sure to sign up for fansharesports.com using promo code DGEN10. That is case sensitive. Get 10% off a subscription. It's it's a necessity. If you if you play PGA DFS, you have to be on uh, fansharesports.com. All right, guys. Good luck this week. It's a huge week. We love this tournament. Enjoy the golf. Enjoy the tilt. Enjoy the sweat. The sweat. Let's have some fun this week at the Masters. The air we breathe, the water we drink, the soil that grows food for our families. These basic elements are essential to healthy, happy lives. 
America's corn growers think so too. Across the country, they're pitching in every day and doing the work to produce food and fuel that is healthy in a sustainable way. Go to ncga.com to learn more about how corn farmers grow a more sustainable future for us all. That's ncga.com. The only thing better than grinding all night for your side hustle is your roommate picking you up with Mickey D's breakfast. The perfect pickup deal. There's a deal for every morning at McDonald's. Right now, taste breakfast perfection when you get a warm and savory sausage McMuffin with egg for just $2.50. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with combo meal. 